thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, a group of papers about red meat, processed meat, and human health have been released by the Annals of Internal Medicine, suggesting that they're okay to eat and that they couldn't find any links to heart disease or cancer. Unsurprisingly, given the vilification of red meat and processed meat in recent times, this has created quite an uproar amongst the general population and researchers alike. One vocal critic, Walter Willett, MD, and a professor of epidemiology and nutrition at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health said, it's the most egregious abuse of data I've ever seen. Nutrirex, which describes itself as an independent group with clinical, nutritional, and public health content expertise, produced the studies using existing data to examine the links between red and processed meat and life-threatening conditions like cancer, heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. The research concluded that the evidence was too weak to suggest a link and that people should continue to eat both until further evidence was provided. This challenges recommendations from the DAA and the World Health Organization, to name just a few, who all suggest that there's a benefit to both health and the environment from eating less red meat and more plant-based foods. Other criticisms of the study included the methodology, the selection of studies, and the fact they did not consider the environmental impact. Bradley Johnson, PhD, an author of all six papers and a co-founder of Nutrirex, defended the studies, stating that one would anticipate that experts that have previously made positions repeatedly in the literature and publicly, if the evidence is contrary to what they have said, there could be strong reactions. This is human nature, I think. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that, first of all, this is far from conclusive. The absence of evidence of harm does not equal evidence of safety. So whilst this study is suggesting that it may be okay uh, to continue eating these meats, that's all it should be suggesting. Not that it is okay, but that it may be okay. Essentially, what they're saying is we don't know yet. We don't have enough quality of evidence. And really, It would be nice if that's what the headlines had said. So more research is needed, but it needs to be better controlled. You know, whilst this methodology may not be perfect, neither are the observational studies that have been claiming that red meat is bad for you. And that's kind of the point. You know, this paper uses an assessment method known as GRADE, which stands for Grading of Recommendations, Assessment, Development and Evaluations. This is considered the gold standard by many of the premier journals all around the world. It prioritizes evidence from randomized controlled trials. Now, as we've spoken about previously, there are, there are problems with this sort of methodology. And this is what many who are critical of this study are now suggesting. We've spoken about this previously when we've talked about alternative medicines, that once again, absence of evidence of harm doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. And similarly, absence of the highest level of evidence of efficacy doesn't necessarily mean that the efficacy isn't there. What it means is just that we don't know yet. Um, And in the absence of that evidence, then some common sense needs to be used. So this process, what it's coming up with, what this grade process is coming up, what it's essentially saying is that there isn't enough evidence there, particularly there isn't enough of the higher level evidence there. And, And so this needs to be taken into consideration when we look at these observational studies that we need to consider that evidence that people who eat red meat are less healthy, which appears to be shown in these observational studies, does not equate to the fact that red meat is unhealthy. What it equates to is the fact that those particular people are less healthy. Now, that may be related to their red meat consumption, or it may be that these same people who tend to eat more red meat, maybe more hot dogs and hamburgers and processed meats, 
might be more likely to do other things in their life that are also detrimental to their health. Now, obviously, these studies do the best they can to try and take out those, but they are still observational studies. They're lower levels of evidence for a reason because those sort of conclusions just can't be drawn. So, yeah, I think that in the absence of quality evidence, then history, evolution, and biology seems to be a good spot to start to deduce what is more likely to be healthy. This is why I tend to like some of the paleo diet principles. It's also important we understand that animal products have essential nutrients without which you likely need to supplement. We need to be conscious of and include in this conversation what we're replacing these meats with. You know, are we replacing them with whole foods, with fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds? Or are we replacing them with supermarket foods, which I think may drive some of the bias that's potentially there in this research is that it might be drawing people away from whole foods potentially and towards more processed foods, even foods that are produced in a laboratory when we start looking at some of these faux meats and meat replacements and and all sorts of things which are flooding the market at the moment. It's a big multi-million dollar industry. So it's also worth considering here that whilst the criticism has come in of this study saying that they haven't considered the environmental impact, the assumption there is that not eating meat is better for the environment. And I think that is far from conclusive as well. Um, I think we can say that unhealthy meat production is bad for the environment. But similarly, I think we can say that unhealthy plant production is bad for the environment. You know, I find it hard to argue that monocultures of plant-based foods are the best way for the environment and are better for the animals. I mean, by the very nature of growing a monoculture paddock, we are wiping all of the animals, bugs, insects, as much as humanly possible most of the time from those fields, it's hard to argue that that's good for the environment either. I think if we look at people like Alan Savore and what he's doing, if we look at people like Joel Salatin and what they're doing, they're actually including plants and animals into their farms, seemingly getting really good results in terms of the quality of the food that's being produced for the humans and the the health of the food that's being produced for the humans, and also seemingly getting some really good results for the environment because The nature of the environment is that it includes plants and animals. That is how nature exists. It's not plants or animals. It's plants and animals and bugs and microbiome and and all all of those things that need to be included in the soil. So I think we need to be careful when we're making assumptions about the environment as well. We need to make sure once again that we've got that high quality of evidence available. So I think that both sides of the argument need to refrain from making outlandish comments until more better evidence comes in. And in the meantime, we need to be very careful about trying to regulate and engineer society to push towards certain diets as seemingly is happening at the moment. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.